Hi, everybody. My name is Alex Jurgens. And I'm Bree Thompson. And we are hosting this podcast called Here Together, the podcast brought to you by Grief's Journey. So Grief's Journey is a local nonprofit in Omaha, Nebraska, that provides free grief support programs to families and individuals in the community. Yeah, and our podcast is really to talk about grief, although it is uncomfortable to talk about and uncomfortable to hear, uh, but we just really want to break it down and let y'all know that grief is complicated. All forms of grief mm-hmm. are complicated. Yes. Um, one kind does not exceed another, and here in this podcast, we're going to identify, define, describe types of grief, how they affect us, and tools and strategies about how we can keep our mental health healthy. Mm-hmm. And with everything going on with COVID-19, we really wanted to talk about ambiguous grief. Yes. Because we feel that that's what's going on, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know. It's really hard. I mean, you and I, Brie, we've been talking a lot, I mean, for the past month, really, about you know how serious this pandemic is and recognizing the loss that's really happening you know globally to so many people um and knowing that you know there's so many facets that are going on right now but really we're seeing a lot of grief happening absolutely and lots of different types of grief all happening at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like literally like everybody's just putting like all these different last examples that feels like in a blender and there's blending up together. It's like, here, here you go. Here's this, here's this grief happening. <laughs> here's your grief smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like. You know, and so one of the oh. things that, you know, we've been doing with this topic also is we've been doing um, webinars for free, just, um, you know, for different professionals or folks in the community that just want to know more about ambiguous grief and really what are they doing to take care of themselves and also to support any youth during this pandemic. And it's just, you know, doing these webinars from my perspective, like in having these conversations, just hearing questions or just hearing comments like, my gosh, like, there's just so, there's, I mean, emotions are super high right now, which absolutely makes sense. But, you know, making those connections and trying to find the way to understand that this is a grief experience is very important. Otherwise, you feel very isolated and alone. And even though we're all feeling this just really grief um, effect happening, this grief reaction, it really is hard because, you know, we're all experiencing it together, even though we are being isolated from one another. Right. And we're told to be isolated, you know, shelter at home or self-quarantine. So it just really exacerbates the feelings of isolation that already come along with grief. Absolutely. So Brie, when you think about ambiguous grief, what, what comes to mind for you? I mean, it's really in, it's in the title of it, right? Ambiguous ambiguity, ambiguous grief, just the uncertainty of what's going on. You know, um, there's, this really isn't defined by, I mean, it is defined by COVID-19, right? We know that that's going on, but what are the ramifications of it? You know, what is the course of it? What is going to happen? It's just, you know, a lot of anxiety, 
a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anticipation of the unknown. Um, so it's just, it just really stretches over everything right now. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think a big thing with like ambiguous grief as well is that it's also a time where people are trying to search for answers, even though there's so much uncertainty going on. In reality, we're trying to make sense of our situation. We're trying to find those facts. We're trying to find that information. But in reality, though, when it comes to ambiguous grief, too, like it's hard to really pinpoint what the duration, the outcome's going to be, as well. Um, and you right. know, I think this naturally as humans, you know, we want we want to know the answers. We want to be prepared. We want to know an end date. We just want to know the facts as much as we can because we're just creatures are we have a hard time with change and when our like things uproot our uh, normalcy in our life, you know, it's a huge adjustment. And right now though, we're trying to find answers for a situation that we've never experienced in our lifetime before. And that makes it even harder. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no there's no resolution. And as human beings, like you said, it is our nature to try to figure this out. But even the experts are just kind of telling us to hold on to our hats because mm-hmm. it could go any way. Yeah, it really does change day by day. Right. There is. It, it really does. And with the day by day, you know, I think we are all grieving of our day-by-day activities, right? So Mm -hmm. this loss of normalcy um, is really the true meaning of grief, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is not normal. Is this the new normal? You know, are we, even after all of this is over, you know, is it going to be like it was before? I think that what we're hearing a lot of and feeling a lot of is, you know, I just want my old life back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, that is totally a common grief reaction, right? Yeah. And even out after all of this is over, is that life going to be the same? I mean, yeah, I'll be able to go to the grocery store and have it be the wonderful, relaxing activity that it once was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because right now I'm really just grieving the ability to go buy eggs or yeah. get a haircut. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I hear um, that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds like really surface level, but, and we joke about it because how else can you, you know, get through this without mm-hmm. trying to find a little bit of levity? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when we think about grief in itself, you know, one of the things about ambiguous grief too is that it really shows that the the complexity of grief that it's not we don't just grieve from a death experience you know grief is just that law a a significant loss in our life and so it's really emphasizing that grief is something that it's on a wide range of different events that we experience as humans and it's sometimes like things that just happen really randomly. I think a big thing also is that we don't necessarily see it coming from a place of closure or understanding also. And so those things that we hope that we can go back to, it's that understanding also that this is really going to change how our interactions 
moving forward. I mean, think about, let's say in a hypothetical, somehow the virus just ended tomorrow. It just disappeared. You know, everybody who had it, they recovered and they're, you know, they're doing okay. But we also had to understand too, that we don't go back to the way things were. It's going to change our interactions with each other and maybe how we address, you know, our health and how we're interacting with people. I mean, I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to have a harder time, you know, shaking somebody's hand, for example, without thinking about, okay, do I like, is this okay? You know, should I go wash my hands afterwards? Like, you know, just being very mindful of that more so, you know, and that's, that's going to be something on my mind consistently moving forward. Absolutely. And I think along with that, um, having to, you know, continue on after living through this global pandemic, you know, we have all of these feelings and we're not even sure if they're normal, right? Big air quotes there. Is it normal for me to feel this way? Right. And I think that's a really big defining part of ambiguous grief right i mean there's no formula here not that there is a formula for grief but you know there isn't really a roadmap of expected emotions you know um i think there's a lot of second guessing ourselves you know along with these uncertainties and i really think that that robs someone of their needed social support right because if we don't feel like we you know, if it's normal to feel this way or not, then we're less likely to go ask for help. We're less likely to talk about it. And we're less likely to seek support, which just further isolates and exacerbates and just um, amplifies these, you know, grief emotions that we're feeling. Mm. So to normalize this, why don't we talk about some grief reactions um, Mm -hmm. with COVID-19? I know that in your webinars you go through this and i yeah. think it's really important so yeah the biggest you break one, it down yeah we're gonna break <laughs> it down right now um the <laughs> biggest reaction that we're seeing is fear there's a lot of fear you think about the fear first of all thinking on of your health also your loved one's health you know making sure that they're going to be okay uh, especially you know you yourself or your loved ones you know if they're part of that vulnerable population who's being asked to actively stay at home um you you know you worry and you get that fear of like what happens you know let's say if i do contract this virus am i going to be okay along with fear of job you know if you have just been furloughed from your position it's the question of like well when am i going to go be able be able to go back to work? Am I still going to have my position? What's that going to look like moving forward? You know, are they going to do cuts? Like, am I just going to be let go and I'm going to have to try to find another job? You know, thinking about, you know, for children as well, like this fear, you know, where they're not able, going to be able to go and finish out the school year. It's more of a, well, when am I going to see my friends again? Am I, you know, my teacher that I had a relationship with, you know, am I ever going to like hear from them again? You know, what's school going to look like moving forward? This is, fear is the most significant reaction that we're seeing you know at least when you look at the cdc and what they're saying from um just kind of the common reactions from COVID 19 fear is up there i mean we all in some capacity we're thinking about this situation how it's impact impacting us and that leads us to feel that higher anxiety and fear Uh, absolutely absolutely and from what i was hearing um, from your examples also 
it seems like there's a lot of anticipatory grief as well, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. But it's not that we know that this is gonna happen, right? Mm -hmm. So it isn't like with, you know, an illness, you know, we know at some point mm -hmm. we're anticipating yeah. our loved one is going to die, yeah. right? So we are anticipating right now that I may lose my job, I may not lose my job, you mm -hmm. know, it's it's that it's that anticipatory grief along with the uncertainty, so the ambiguous grief on top of it, and mm -hmm. like you said, it is, it's just like a big old blender. Yeah, it is. It's just a big old blender of all these reactions, you know, we're just being served it right now. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And you know, the another strong reaction happening is difficulty concentrating, which in grief, 100% that's going to happen. Yes. Yeah, totally. And that on top of, you know, say that you're fortunate enough and lucky enough, you know, that you do still have a job, right? Yeah. But now you right, of going into the office, your daily routine of, you know, being in that space. So now you have to work from home. Mm -hmm. So there's that loss of, you know, you've lost your workspace. Mm -hmm. Now you have to adjust from working, you know, to working from home and you have to concentrate on mm -hmm. top of it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really tough. And mm -hmm. I think that like, we just need to say it, it sucks. Yeah. It really sucks yeah. for a lot of people. And I know that the feeling of not being able to concentrate or focus is, you know, it begins a cascade of other emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And with this too, also, is that we're seeing folks, you know, based on their physical sensations, you know, they're tired. When you're so focused on the stressors in your life, and, you know, even if you are just being at home, you're at home right now, you know, it's still, you're going to be tired because you're constantly thinking about those fears and those things that are creating anxiety and stress as well. And that's exhausting. It's a lot. When you see this when somebody who is grieving, then they're, and they're only focusing on that experience and the loss that's happening as well. Of course, it's going to create fatigue because your physical body is going to respond to that stress. Right. So that too, is that we're seeing folks who are having uh, changes in their sleeping patterns as well. And how they're yeah, that's eating. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's just sleep. I mean, your sleeping patterns are shifting. You know, I mine are like how I used to have a routine of like, this is what time I went to bed, you know, and I, this is time what I woke up and like, I just knew my routine. And then suddenly it's like, okay, well, I guess I'll go to bed when I'm tired and I wake <laughs> up, you know, when I wake up, but I'm like, okay, that's not healthy and that creates you know that really ramps up those like stress and anxiety uh, feelings that come up for me personally and I can imagine so many people listening to this or uh, you know and thinking about this pandemic and how it's impacted them are reacting the same way oh totally and throw kids in the mix I'm yes. unfamiliar I don't have any kids you don't mm -hmm. have any kids yeah. but throw some kids in the mix mm -hmm. and thinking about how you could support them, you know, they're probably feeling the same way and just, yeah. uh, so what are, so we've identified some of these emotions, we've mm -hmm. identified some of these reactions, um, 
according to the CDC as well, which I think is really helpful because we do look to them, you know, as an mm -hmm. authority. So we're starting to normalize some of these feelings and emotions, mm -hmm. um, which is really an important step in, like I said, normalizing and identifying it. Mm -hmm. um, a big part of how to combat some of this um, are some self-care, self-care um, routines that we can add into our day. A big one for me is once I've identified and normalized some of these emotions and experiences is how can we reframe our thinking a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, I am really anxious. I am fearful. I'm, you know, feeling uncertain. I have all of these all of these worries, you know, that being present in the moment, sometimes being present is a moment of anxiety, but also, you know, there is something about working from home that does provide a little bit of comfort, right? Mm -hmm. So just normalizing that experience of, yes, there is a global pandemic. Yes, it is causing all of this anxiety, but I can also, you know, feel comfortable in my space and working from home and being able to spend more time with my kids and, you know, spend time with my animals and, you know, be able to take a break when I want to or sleep when I want. Normalizing that this is a mix of emotions that aren't exactly all negative too, yeah. right? There's like you throw in that mix of, you know, it is kind of nice to be home mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? I think, you know, absolutely. I think when you normalize it and you give yourself some compassion to feel the way that you feel, it does help you to think of active steps that you can do to support yourself and the, um, the folks around you also, you try to push it away, try to push away your feelings and how you are doing. It's those feelings and emotions are going only going to come up in different interactions and different behaviors so it really is allowing yourself the space to say right now i feel really anxious right now i feel really sad right now i feel really angry right now i feel really confused i don't know how to feel it's okay to say that and it's important for us to say that to go my emotions are my emotions you know how i'm feeling is how i'm feeling if i try to ignore them they're going to come up in some way there, it's going to come up in some capacity. So I think just giving yourself some of that compassion and saying, all right, you know, right now it's, it's hard, it's stressful, it's uncertain, you know, just saying that, first of all, finding a way to express that, whether it's verbally or through journaling, whether it's, you know, talking to a friend or family member that you're comfortable with, so giving them a call, um, you know, whether it's through, you know, art, through music, um, doing something active, you know, at the house as well. Just finding that way to express the way that you're feeling. And for me, when I recognize now, it's like, I am a firm believer in mindfulness and meditation. So what I do is, you know, I feel that high stress. I realize I have to step away from technology, away from my phone, my laptop, TV. I have to go lay down and take some deep breaths. And that's what I go do. And I just lay, you know, and I have Headspace, which right now Headspace um, they're offering uh, free uh, meditation classes um, through the app. So if you have access to that, definitely recommend it for sure. So it's like they have offers for COVID-19 through this global pandemic. Um, but even if you don't, just laying down 
and just giving yourself some time to take some deep breaths, close your eyes, be in a quiet space, it just, you know, helping your mind to clear out a little bit more. That's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Headspace is such a, such a cool app. And I think it is really great that they're contributing, um, you know, the best way that they can by offering free, mm -hmm. free meditations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really great. It's really important right now. We need it more. We need it more than ever. We always need, we always need to give ourselves that space just to like, you know, decompress to just be in a quiet space and, you know, be in the present moment. But especially now when there's that uncertainty, it's really important to do that. And I think right. an understanding also is that if you're feeling like, okay, I don't have the answers. I don't know what's going on. I think it's just important to recognize we all are in the same boat. We all, we all don't know what's really going on. We're, we get projections of numbers. We get some insight of like what it might look like, but we don't know that to be fact right now. And that's what makes it really even more challenging. So kind of giving yourself the understanding, you know, if you're able to just to think about, you know, I'm feeling this way, but also realizing, but there's so many, like all of us are feeling this way. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So what would you say if, you know, we've suggested a couple of self-care tips, we said meditation and journaling, kind of reframing thought patterns, you know, so what if you're not into any of that? You're not mm -hmm. into meditation, you're not into yeah. journaling. <laughs> um, what are some other self-care tips we could, we could recommend, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, there is no, this is the thing, we can recommend these self-care tips all day mm -hmm. long, yep. and you might not, you know, resonate with any of them, and that is okay, right? Because mm -hmm. just like grief, it's your own unique mix of emotions. So what you need to do um, is just your own recipe, it's just for you, and it's going to change, you know, day to day. Mm -hmm. um, so just listen to listen to yourself, you know, listen mm -hmm. to your body, listen to, you know, what you need in that moment. And mm -hmm. it may be journaling. It may be a meditation. It may be a run. It may just be walking around the house, a mm -hmm. puzzle, listening to a song that you like that really makes you feel good. Yeah. Taking a bubble bath, playing mm -hmm. a board game. Yeah. I just I, named my top ones. <laughs> <laughs> I always, and I always recommend to folks as well, ask yourself the things that you do that at the end of it, you feel some relief. You just feel a little more connected to yourself. You just feel relaxed a little more so. And it's not necessarily where you're just going to be like, I'm 100% relaxed right now. It's really once you do something like you feel, okay, I feel less stressed. I feel less anxious. I feel... I can be more productive also. So really asking yourself those questions, being mindful that your self-care is your self-care. You know, we could all day just list off self-care activities, but we also recognize you're not going to enjoy those things. You know, everything that we recommend. My thing, for example, like I can't do crafts. I can't do crafts. That stresses me out. So, yeah. So you're saying just take your own temperature yes. in a way, right? So yeah. someone suggests, hey, make this craft and you do it. And you took your 
you know, emotional temperature and you're like, yeah. okay, this didn't really work out for me. No. You know what I've noticed as well? Mm-hmm. And this may sound kind of harsh, but sometimes when I'm done talking to someone, I, and I know that you do this too, because we've talked about this, mm-hmm. you know, who charges you up and who drains your battery? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just day to day too. And just because someone's draining your battery doesn't mean that they're a bad person, right? They could just be dealing with their own things and they're laying it all out on you, but it isn't your job, you know, to fix them or make them feel better either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just being mindful of who you're giving your energy to and mm-hmm. who you're, you know, interacting with and just having those boundaries being like, okay, I know that, you know, I'm not in the headspace to talk to you. And that is perfectly okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The big thing about, you know, someone who is mourning, so experiencing grief as well, they have the right to to share or not to share, first of all. So it's okay. If you're in a mindset where you don't feel like sharing as much, that's all right. You don't have to, you know, give yourself that space to understand. Like if you, if that, you know, you're just processing a lot, you have a lot on your plate, which you know, you do right now, especially, it's okay for Mm. you to step away and to say, you know, I don't, you know, this is something where it's harder for me to talk about right now. You don't have to, you know, but do do something where you can make sure you are taking care of you and you are kind of gauging that temperature as Brie was saying, and you're just making sure you are checking in with your body and seeing what do I need to do right now though, to make sure I'm taking care of myself. 100%. Oh. 100%. Mm-hmm. Ray, I want to ask you, you know, right now mm-hmm. we're in this interesting time um, of disconnection and we're being asked to do that, which, you know, it makes sense. You know, we do, um, based on how this virus is being spread as well, you know, we want to make sure that we're being respectful to everybody and keeping everybody safe. But what are you trying to do to stay connected with others? Even though it, we are really living in a disconnected time. Oh gosh, that's a, that's a really good question. I think that really changes day to day for me. You know, I can take a Myers-Briggs personality test or even like a silly BuzzFeed personality test. And I always find myself right on the cusp of uh, introverted and extroverted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there are some days where social isolation, I'm about it a hundred percent. And there's other days there is nothing more than, you know, wanting to be out with friends, loved ones, or, you know, just being in like a big social activity. So, um, on the days where I'm feeling really extroverted, um, I've been doing Zoom chats, mm-hmm. right? Like big group chats um, yeah. with groups of friends. I have a few friends that live in the neighborhood and uh, we've been going on walks. So we socially, or we, uh, you know, we keep our distance, mm-hmm. right? I think most of us have been doing a pretty good job at um, staying socially isolated, but, you know, just going on walks um, with them has really helped, or even just, you know, like a nice phone call. I've had some really nice conversations over the phone with some friends that live out of town anyway, right? So that's Mm -hmm. just how we've been communicating. So I have, as much as, you know, this has been like a really big stress, I have also noticed 
the opportunity it's given to reconnect with some of those people um, that I've kind of lost connection with. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. I think you made a good point because it is really day by day. Right. You know? If there's some days that you know you are able to have those conversations to be on Zoom, if that uh, you have the accessibility, um, you know, able to call somebody, even like texting people as well, just checking in, having a conversation, that's great. Some days, though, if that doesn't happen, that's okay as well. But you know, but it is, you know, I think we're having to be a little more creative in how we are connecting with other people, how we are checking in with each other as well. Um, but do know, you know, even though you're not able to actually see people in person as much now as you had been able to before, we still can connect with others. So it's just really finding those un unique ways to do that. Right, absolutely. And, you know, on the other side of that coin, um, like you had mentioned, you know, some days you don't feel like doing it. I'll use my own um, personal example, I was on the group text. We've been texting each other gifts and texting each other, you know, all throughout the day. And one day I just felt so inundated by screens, right? I'm working from home on my computer. I'm having, you know, from my computer, I'm looking at, or my phone, I'm looking, you know, at the news. It's like all of these screens. And these texts just coming in were just, just, I felt completely overwhelmed. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to tell my, my friends in this group chat and I, you know, at the time felt kind of guilty doing it, but I was just like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to have to leave this conversation for a little mm -hmm. bit. I'll come back tomorrow. But honestly, I just feel really overwhelmed. Yeah. And the response that they gave me was so warm and supportive and they completely understood. And I'm really glad I did that because I was able to recharge my battery for a day, mm -hmm. you know, and then the next day yes. I went back to the conversation. But yeah, I think that we fear that, you know, we're going to disappoint someone or, you know, we're going to come off as, you know, being unfriendly, but it's not mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's just being mindful of yourself. And I think, you know, maybe in a future episode, we'll have to talk about grief and boundaries. Right. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. We can explore that a little bit more. So, mm -hmm. And boundaries are really a form of self-care, for sure. Yes, and we can explore that. Yeah. It's very well. important to have boundaries, you know, to make sure you're putting yourself in the center and knowing where your limitations are being mindful of your energy because as humans we evoke so much energy we give to others but we also get to think about how we're giving to ourselves just as much if not I'd argue more so it's be mindful like how with the boundaries that you are creating with other people right um, so what are some takeaways that we want to leave our our listeners with from today um, I say just acknowledging that this is a very hard, difficult time. Um, how you're feeling is how you're feeling. Um, I would say the yes. biggest thing though with ambiguous grief is just being mindful that we're seeing that happening through our pan through this pandemic right now because we we have lost this normalcy in our life and we're experiencing something new for the first time in our lifetime that we haven't seen before. And ambiguous loss is really about 
that uncertainty of what and the unknown and us trying to find those uh answers for something that is really right now we don't have answers to as much so it's really you know thinking about it and understanding like those feelings those emotions that you're having that are like stress and high anxiety and that fear that fear especially is like that's something that is really common and understanding that in finding those ways to normalize it, to say, I feel this way, this is what's going on to me and knowing it's gonna be day by day as well. I'm um, just saying those words and then you have to think about what can I do then to take care of myself? And you know, if you have children or other family members in your home, what can we do to make sure we're taking care of each other? I think that's a wonderful takeaway. Cool. These feelings are normal, mm -hmm. even though this is not a normal experience. Yep. My feelings about it are normal. Mm -hmm. And what can I do to take care of myself? Yes. That's, that's great. great. Yeah. So, alrighty, folks. Well, I think um, until the next time, we'll leave it at that. So, thank you for listening. Um, so just moving forward, we're going to just continue diving deeper into grief, different forms of grief, uh, grief reactions and styles, and really just trying to offer some more ideas how you can take care of yourself and support those people um, that you really love and care about. Yeah, and follow us on social media. Um, our webinars are posted on our Facebook page. Um, and we put lots of great tips and lots of great info on there. So check us out. Mm -hmm. or, and visit uh, griefsjourney.org where we also have a lot of information about uh, the organization and what we do. Yes, and should plug as well also that we still are doing our um, grief support groups right now. Um, so just be mindful of that even during this global pandemic, we know that people are grieving in other facets of their life, you know, due to a death or serious illness and injury. Um, so if you need that additional support, groups are still happening. So you can go to our website, like we've said, uh, griefsjourney.org to register and they are free as well. So we want to make sure that um, you're aware of that, that we offer a f a free programs and uh, support groups. So if you um, need support um, in um, those capacities or just generally want to send us an email or give us a phone call to ask like what you can do during this time, let us know. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that, thanks, Brie. Thanks, Chatty. Yeah, thank you, Alex. This was great. Yes, it was. It's, it's looking forward to usual, more. of course. Yes, <laughs> me too. All right. Okay, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Okay, we'll talk soon. Yes, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.